The future belongs to those who believe in the beauty of their dreams. This is Spike Spiegel, and you're listening to Never Knows Best. See you, Space Cowboy. Just say, get this money. If they say, what you gonna do today? Just say, hey, I wanna get paid. Every day, every day, every day. Uh, y'all like when I sing, but y'all don't like when I rap. But whatever. Slum Village is what's getting me through the day. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't be quiet <laughs> anymore. That shit was, uh, man, you really didn't tell me you were gonna do that at all. You really hid that. Okay. <laughs> I, I fucking hate this show, dog. <laughs> I fucking hate this show. If it, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for contracts and sponsors, bro, this. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, oh my, goodness, my gosh. Man. That that's how you start. That's. How, I can't wait to listen to that back. <laughs> I never, I never plan these. I never write these out. I never do any of that. And, and that's how the show always starts, bro. On a on a high fucking note, man. I try to bring it in, say like, oh yeah, good morning, wake up, let's hustle, like bring yeah. it in, super super cash, super chill. Yeah, man. That's one of those things, man. You can't force that. That is you the can't do what you did. that's you that's can't the do what you did. that's the dynamic of the of the show right there. Yeah. Like if you want to know who the who the straight man is and who brings in the jokes, there you go. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on a second, dude. I think there's like a, a switch and swap that goes on. Mid-episode, usually. Oh. It's just back and forth. Oh, boy. Come on. What are you? Oh, I'm, I'm the straight man. man. I am I am very clearly the straight man. After what you after how you started this episode? I am the key, I that? am the Keegan Michael Key of this key and peel. Alright. Alright. I believe it. All right, all right, man. Bring bring the show in, bro. Start it up, Moody. Kick it off. Me? Yes, okay. kick it off. Hey, guys. This is Never Knows Best. It's a podcast with me and my friend. We talk a lot. Two hours sometimes. Uh, most of the time, less. But, uh, yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Oh, Come on, boy. man. And what do we Come do on, on this man. show? We smooth out your brain across the airwaves. Airwaves like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, Radio Public, all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. And if you want to keep up with us, stay tuned and get all the updates. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at NKB Podcast or hit us on Anchor, which is our home site. Use our open inbox so that way you can submit voice questions to us or you can email us at neverknowsbestfm at gmail.com. And we got a lot of shout outs to do. We got a lot of updates to do. We got a lot of catching up to do. So we are going to go on and slide right into it. Our first shout out goes to Emily of Emily of the yeah Emily Elizabeth of the Wondering Mind podcast. I shouted them out about three episodes ago. And that's kind of when I first started listening to them uh, a little bit closer, uh, a little bit more closely. And that's basically, it's it's what it sounds like. It's a mental health podcast. 
um and she pretty much has she has guests on there all the time she's always got somebody new in there and they're always tackling all kinds of new mental health issues and topics whether it's like pay, uh, facing personal demons finding your own personal power most recently they talked about toxic masculinity so yeah be sure to check out the wondering mind podcast with emily elizabeth our next shout out goes to the burnt out coffee podcast with host oh my gosh i don't have their names right in front of me is uh i think the guy i've been messaging was enrique he's a pretty cool dude and burnt out coffee is a podcast where they talk tv and anime and then they also go over classic films and look at them by today's standard they are also on other platforms like you know spotify anchor all that stuff oh did i mention that they're comic creators too so you're pretty much getting insight from within the creative industry so those are two podcasts i definitely want you guys to check out burnt out coffee and the wondering mind yeah what he said i can't believe you tried to get me to open the show up when you had all that written down on your hand i didn't i had to i had to rattle that off bro i I just had to go like a machine gun and if i stuttered once bro it was gonna backfire right in my face i'm just saying how are you gonna say go ahead moody tell them what we do and you had all of that planned you didn't tell me any (laughs) i didn't have any of that and then um also we're gonna break it down um one we're gonna break it down really quick i do want to wish um some condolences to the family of travis travis what is his last name oh my gosh why do i not have his last name his his first i know he went by travis who was a protester during everything that travis nagdi that name um who's a protester here in louisville um he was a figurehead during uh, a lot of the protests and everything uh, one of the leaders as well who was very active and very vocal against uh, police brutality and violence here in our city and he recently lost his life to an act of gun violence and he was 21 um, when he was killed what makes this especially sad is that you know we um while we were protesting there was a night and especially when the uh this this was around the time that the decision was being made um they had safety points during the protest right so if curfew ever came about and people were out past curfew they would go to one of the safety points where the police couldn't get to you and they would either wait out the curfew or through negotiation they would be allowed to safely exit from downtown where it's like you just you get out of downtown and you go otherwise you're going to be arrested well there was one night in particular where things got out of hand and were escalated by by some dumbasses and pretty much everybody ended up in first unitarian so while we were there he uh got the mic everybody's just kind of talking keeping things going and he had mentioned that earlier this year he had struggled with his own mental health and that he um he almost lost his life in a uh, in a suicide attempt but he he survived 
and push through. I mean, he, he fought battles on two fronts. He fought for himself and then he fought for others. And to see that, you know, his life was taken by the evil in another person's heart is is tragic. It's, it's messed up. It's, it's really sad stuff. Um, so, again, we just want to wish condolences to his family, wish them peace and peace over, you know, the rest of Louisville. You know, it's, it's, it's hard enough out here, especially when we're fighting against the system. It's even worse when we have to fight against each other. And that's all I want to say on that. Anyways, let's get caught up. So, Moody, how you been since last week? lots changed how, how was that i can talk how about was, how was your thanksgiving i'll tell you that i'll ask you that oh yeah i mean i guess technically this is the thanksgiving post thanksgiving episode yeah uh thanksgiving was kind of depressing in a way uh not a lot of people getting together you know i can't help but compare it to previous years thanksgivings like maybe even four or five years ago there was like 20 to 30 people at my mom's house and we were all like everybody was doing shit talking it was cool ton of family first time i'd seen them like all year and shit and this year it was it started off with just me and my mom and then one of my aunts and uh, a cousin came over later as i was leaving and that was uh that was it so pretty drastic change anything you're thankful for this year i I guess thankful for my mom thankful for that i'm thankful for her keeping me keeping me going all these years because i wouldn't i definitely wouldn't be anywhere near where i am now without her constant support uh so i'm always thankful for her um thankful thankful for my friends they're also always there. I mean, I've all, they've always been by me, behind me, supporting me. And that's, uh, and that's it, man. Just family and friends, really. That's what's up. Anything else would be, anything else would be like, I'm thankful to myself because I'm the fucking best. No, I can't say something like that. It's all my mom. It's all my friends. That's it. Right. That's what's up. Thankful for them. What about you, man? Oh man, my Thanksgiving. See, I went into it, I went into it very pessimistically because uh, uh, my family's kind of been through a lot. Um, so I wasn't expecting to see a whole bunch of people. wasn't expecting it to be long or anything. And Thanksgiving has never really been my favorite holiday anyway. It's like you do all this getting dressed up and everything, and all this prep to eat dinner. Air quote at at three in the afternoon and then there's there's nothing else to eat after which looking back at previous years i could i understand because we would have like really really big get-togethers and it'd be like a whole bunch of cars at the house and then you know three all of it three turns into like nine or ten and then everybody's kind of going home and then you know more recently it's been like you know three turns into like six or seven so we were just kind of there and it was actually a more connected and unified thanksgiving than we've had like the past couple of years um just because everybody 
you know my my everybody who is younger is older now and so they're off like starting families and everything so that's where they are for the holiday and so it was just kind of me left with like the older people in my family but because of everything that's going on like everybody was there like tightly uh was everybody was like there and there was a tighter function together so like i showed up late like i was there about like an hour and a half late and i got like one plate of food uh after everybody had eaten and i was like i didn't realize like so many people were here like this is actually like really good this is like something that i missed and so that kind of gave me a, a a bit of it gave me a sense of relief and a sense of hope um yeah things i'm thankful for well of course i'm thankful for my mom i'm thankful for my dad i'm thankful for anybody like that i've been able to talk to really because it's it's definitely the year you need people um kind of to just you know be 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 there for you or just kind of talk to it's it's been a year where you really got to flex your your social muscle you know whatever that means Mm. um and just stay connected with someone because in this isolation and quarantine and separation it's good to have community it's good to have people there it's good to have support you know some some uh consolation is the word it's good to have that consolation there and then i'm thankful for redemption i'm thankful for seeing things come full circle and everything i'm thankful for opportunity and just making it happen i'm thankful for especially with the podcast like because it, if you guys are just now listening, when we first started this, it was meant to be, it, it's meant to be what it is now, where we're talking, you know, life, pop culture, and then also bringing, you know, that introspective portion where we're talking about like, you know, your dreams and pursuing your purpose and finding out what it is and all of that stuff. And so now like uh, we have more structure and more energy to it and I'm thankful for that and I feel like you know now that we're moving in the right direction this is where things are really going to kind of come full circle and this is you know where we're going to start seeing more of those victories and more success that way so that's another thing I'm thankful for and I'm thankful for all you guys who are listening who have been supporting shouting us out and everything like that participating in polls open inboxes you guys definitely deserve a shout out of your own so if you're listening give yourselves a pat on the back personal round of applause and especially if you're out there you know if you get anything from this podcast if you get any kind of energy or wisdom or advice and you're acting on it and it moves you forward and propels you then good on you and i'm thankful that what we're doing here is helping you guys Ugh. Yeah, for sure that is a lot hey but i mean it's what you're thankful for that's good shit to be thankful for I can't believe how different our Thanksgiving and family dynamics were. You know what I mean? I guess, like, I don't know too much about your family. And, but mine is just, like, so disconnected. And, like, it's not even close to being one big unit. You know what I mean? Uh Like, it's just fragmented to shit. We had a couple unifying factors, mostly my grandma. Yeah. She passed years ago. So after that happened, it was basically just like everybody, everybody was just on their own doing their thing. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy. I don't really, I don't really resent it or nothing like that, to be honest. 
in certain in some ways i'm like would it be nice to have like a really huge family where like you know i knew all my uncles all my aunts super well all my cousins yeah it would be it would be all right i kind of do because like there were years and years of it we were all hanging out and like coming to family functions and shit but yeah i don't really mind that too much because it's not like i was gonna hang out with them as friends you know outside of those functions anyway i I know what you mean i mean uh for my thanksgiving like as soon as i woke up I kind of, I don't, I don't even think I went to the gym. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like the structure of the workout that I didn't go to the gym. So I just decided like, hey, you know, nothing's really going on. So I'll check in at work and work was like super slow. I didn't really do anything all day that day. So I, I kind of cut my shift early and then just chilled out at home. I thought that was kind of, kind of wild. Um, but other than that, that was kind of my thing. I mean, this year, especially since it's like warm, I'm probably gonna do a big Christmas get together. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who are comfortable and willing, especially if it's like 60 degrees, if we have another 60 degree Christmas, we can all celebrate uh, global warming by the grill. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I yeah. I told y'all, I told I told y'all niggas, I was gonna grill out. Uh, so. <laughs> crazy so yeah i'll probably be i'll probably be firing up the grill and if i don't do that i might see about getting involved in something where i go you know help uh help those in need you know see where i see where i can do for others for christmas i don't i don't really need too much i mean i i talk with my my mom and dad and we're we're pretty straightforward with each other about what we want and once they're taken care of like i really don't need much um yeah yeah so that that, that's that's you know how i I look at that's how i project my holiday season to go and then tenant comes out in a couple weeks so i'm definitely gonna have that all replay in the house like probably for the next year or so until something better comes out are you telling me you're gonna buy that movie and you're gonna force people to watch it they come over on christmas day okay so we i'm in charge of the christmas movie every fucking year all right <laughs> oh man. So for the oh. for the pa- for the past decade I oh, don't oh shit I just felt better in my chest Jesus <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Just like saying decade just hit me. Ah, uh, I get that. I get that. I don't know. Okay, man. so no you're for not a not not decade not, ago, how old were you? yeah 12 like 15 um okay so not not that long ago but i'm pretty sure like since we moved here mm, five six seven maybe seven years ago like i've been in charge of the christmas movie we always just put a movie on just so we have something to watch um yeah so i've been it's not one of those movies man. i've been in charge i've been in charge it's been marvel and star wars all right so uh, okay I mean, those are good movies to just have on, you know, because you don't need to be paying attention to those. But Tenet's not that. You gotta be paying attention. Oh, you saw it? No, I listened to you explain it. Oh God, <laughs> that and oh, that, God, what, and that bro? didn't do you any, think I'm gonna watch and, that? Yeah, I would hope so. Come on. Uh, I thought you were a man of culture. We saw Parasite. We did. We did see Parasite, but Parasite is not Tenet. 
and a, par- a parasite. That's disgusting what you just said. That That's on the level of not liking the wind guidance mechanics and, in fucking and uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Parasite is not Tenet, and Tenet is not Parasite. Okay. Yeah, one of them won awards. Deservedly. <laughs> <What the fuck>? <laughs> <laughs> Let's one of them is an award-winning stop, film. Stop. Let's get into these topics. Jesus. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I can't believe you don't even got leftovers, bro. What ha- what is wrong with your Thanksgiving? I already had my leftovers, man. How many you get one plate? Yeah, I had one. You went there, you ate one plate, and you brought one plate home. Yeah. Man. Dude, I told you I got there like an hour late, so But the fact that the food would be gone, you know what I'm saying? That's the crazy part. Thanksgiving is all about having a fuck ton of food left over for like a week. You ain't never had that? Oh, no, I've had that before. See, that's what I'm talking about. You gotta have food for weeks. I'm a little pissed off this Thanksgiving because there were four people that showed up and I only got like three days worth of fucking leftovers. I'm a little upset off that. Three three days by three square meals? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, man. No, I'm talking about eating one of these plates a day. Oh, man. that's not bad. That's not bad. You, that's that's pretty damn good actually. So what, today, today's I like would. the last day too. Yeah, I mean they're gone. They're gone. Anything else? I got okay. I got some collard greens. I got a fucking container of collard greens and stuffing, and I don't fucking like stuffing. Oh man, you got a raw deal then. What, what, for, before we get into the topics, I'm curious. What Thanksgiving food do you not like? What Thanksgiving food do I not like? Yeah. Okay, so. Because everybody's got something. You already know I'm not the ham guy. I'm not the ham guy. I like turkey. Yeah. Um, stuffing? I don't think I eat stuffing. I've, I've maybe had it and I've, I've kept it down, but it, it's just not what I flock to. <laughs> I've kept it down. Yeah. That's a low bar. <laughs> That's a very low bar. <laughs> I managed to keep it down. I didn't throw up <laughs> on the table or anything. <laughs> oh no, there there have been there I I know there was like one Thanksgiving where I just didn't like what I was having, so I forced myself to throw up. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <I> just, what, <laughs> That's the most extreme thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Who has a reaction like that? And bro. And of course my mom just looked at me and was like, push it to the side and eat the rest. <laughs> Oh, and I, I like made sure it, no it's about to get gross but um no so stuffing I, I guess I like stuff I, I can eat stuffing you know I'll survive I won't burst into flames uh, yeah. cranberry sauce it's a no I don't know what that shit is no same. It's not, I'm not same I hate it um, I can't stand it what is it why are you putting fucking jelly slices on the table get rid of it what is it for greens greens with all that wet juice no okay buddy okay where do we where are we are we in the south or are we not we are we are and i've and i've had you don't like greens. i've had those greens and nigga like don't get me wrong they're they're healthy but i'm like dog they're greens with little bits of like bacon and meat and stuff in them and then they it there's the occasional crunch i'm like bro what i feel i feel like like that's like what is it i feel like it's like it tastes good no it doesn't don't don't i like the taste don't lie like that again dude like 
I like the taste of collard greens, bro. I've I've had I've had greens and mm -mm. now what I what I will flock to is baked potato, sweet potato, mac and cheese, turkey, pretty much all all the highlighted food, corn, all the highlighted foods at Thanksgiving. You ever had a broccoli casserole? No, never. It's great. I mean, you had cheesy broccoli when you were a kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just that, basically. Okay. I want to. I want to propose something. I want to propose something. Go ahead. Can we move Thanksgiving to like a different day? Not, not. Not Thursday. Not the history, but no. Like literally, we're just gonna put it on a different day of the calendar. Like, can we have togetherness family meal day on a different day? Because okay. Thanksgiving, I mean, look. Same month? Yeah. No, not even same month. It could just be on a different day entirely of the calendar year. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, Why? we already know that it's it's rooted in some fucked up history in the genocide okay. of the Native Americans and everything. We yeah. we kind of acknowledge it as Indigenous People's Day. Like, mm -hmm. um, in, I mean, we could have any day out of the year to be like, hey, let's recognize family and togetherness and spend it all together and have dinner at three o'clock and so yeah. i mean you could you could do that any day of the year yeah i mean you're not wrong but like why do you want to move it i mean because like, like why why november november is such an odd month <laughs> i knew i knew the proximity to christmas or some shit was gonna was the problem it's like it's like halloween comes and it's like yeah and everybody's like got that high energy i don't know why it's like that but that, that's how it feels yeah. and then it there's something about the formality of it it, it i don't know I've, i just have a weird vibe about thanksgiving and its placement in the calendar year but look man it has to be there though because like if you had thanksgiving in i mean you could maybe do it in like the end of winter in like january february something like that but i feel like thanksgiving it's gotta be colder outside you know what i mean people have to be like coming inside with their sweaters and shit on and like it'd be cozy and shit like that because if you had thanksgiving in fucking may or july nah man I, that i don't think that works I, you could have like a summer barbecue or something mm -hmm. but then it's i guess that's i mean you could yeah yeah, I guess you could, but like, then I feel like November would be empty as shit. Like, no one would care about November anymore. There's nothing else in in the whole month. I get that. I get that. What other months? What other months have nothing in them? You know what I mean? Yeah. There have to be a couple. Is it? What is in? Uh, what's in May? I don't know. I don't have my calendar right in front of me. I don't think shit happens in June either. May, June, got 4th of July though. All true. Fuck true. It. Yeah, there's a... I don't know, man. The The year is very end-loaded and front-loaded. The middle of the year, jack shit happens. But from fucking November to April, we got shit popping off from fucking like thanksgiving christmas new year then fucking valentine's day uh easter and then we gotta wait for fucking fourth of july or whatever and in the middle they give us memorial day or some shit i don't fucking know we get at least one other day off 
Right. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, man, fuck holidays. We need more. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, fuck only having like three. I want fucking 50 of them throughout the year. Every day's festive for somebody. All right, man. Let's maybe if you live in Brazil. All right, bite bite-sized topics. Uh, the Breakfast Club is trash. Um, and then we've been known that. Yeah, yeah, we have. Um, just because of how they were about the Megan the Stallion interview. So you know, recently she was supposed to be on there for an interview, but they couldn't get her booked because basically in negotiations they were told that they couldn't ask her anything about the Tory Lanez interview. Not not the Tory Lanez interview, but the Tory Lanez you know situation and everything. Yeah, and so when they found that out, they went on air and they were like, "Oh, we were supposed to have Megan the Stallion come on, but she couldn't do the inter- she didn't want to do the interview because we weren't allowed to ask her about the Tory Lane situation." But it's weird that she did the interview with GQ and she did it for a white publication, but she wouldn't do a black publication. She wouldn't do it for a black publication. So they're accusing her of being anti-black, which is absolute nonsense. But given that it's the breakfast, I can totally see why she wouldn't want to do it because it's the Breakfast Club. Like if you yeah. listen to some of their interviews, you you know that they they tend to try it with people. They they don't really hesitate to to yeah. you know tread lightly. They'll it just just listen to some of the shit they say. They they they'll they'll go there with a motherfucker. And for for mm-hmm. Megan's team or management or whoever to kind of make that call is totally understandable. Yeah. Um, next, I'm gonna save black sci-fi. I'm gonna get us out of the hood, bro like i oh man is this another static shock shut the fuck up shut up no it's not what this is the this is actually the opposite you just hate static shock for no reason no no, i don't you hate mr terrific i don't understand here we go no we don't i'm getting us out of the hood all right what is wrong with black sci-fi what is wrong with lavar burton i didn't say that i didn't say that why do you hate reading rainbow I didn't say that either. Now you're just now you. So recently, I've been you know I've been watching those like black cinema videos, <laughs> where it's like you know hood, hood film reviews, and I'm like, yo, a lot of these. I'm like, what? Why was why was black cinema back then so so full of like just the dope game and getting out and like the tragedy of growing up in the crack era? Granted, like it was a it was a really really dark ass time in black american history and now you know in in more modern times you know of course we we have more representation we have better stories being told but for some reason we're still like getting out of the hood like in in the movie dope which is literally about you guessed it um yeah shameek moore is like this bright high schooler who like deals in bitcoin and everything but he goes to a party and ends up having to push weight so he can get the drug dealer off his back and then he also goes to harvard by the end of the movie which i guess is cool but you know like did he it's still getting out of the hood and then there's this movie called like uh slight and this this nigga's like tony stark smart like he implants an electromagnet in his arm uh but he uses it for street magic to raise money to get out of the hood While, oh man! While also, I don't know, while bro. also being a dope boy, that's that's my mission at this point is to get us out of the hood. Like, 
with with yeah. through, through storytelling i want to get us out of the hood i want i want a black akira that's what i want that that i don't know that's what i want man. i want black psychics and telepaths and all that shit like yeah we got hoodoo brujaria voodoo all that stuff now we need more black sci-fi that's what we need i mean i agree with you man i feel like black media in general has always like they it, it's felt like they've had the writers and producers of the shows i mean mm-hmm. have felt like they had an obligation to draw attention to the to, to like the real the harsh realities the tragedies of black america but there doesn't need to be such a hyper focus for fucking 50 fucking years of black media and black entertainment it doesn't have to all be fucking tragedies constantly or like come up stories you know or like overcoming the fucking hood it doesn't all have to be that dude they've created this trope this like safe space for fucking uh black uh writing this safe space where you just retread these tropes and it's safe because these are the accepted tropes and everybody's gonna like this story everyone's gonna like it's a feel-good thing it resonates you know yeah but move away from it get out of that comfort zone man it's write something interesting it's either like crime slave or tyler perry like those are those are the big three for like black cinema i feel and it's kind of harmful in general to i think black culture as a as a whole because you start perpetuating the tropes and stereotypes yourself you start like making your movies the caricature for black culture as a whole you know what i mean yeah and it's it's not great and you allow that to happen because every movie is the same because every piece of media is the same people just associate that with the reality of african americans as a whole and it's just like okay like this wouldn't happen if we had the amount of breadth and depth and difference of genre as traditional media has but i don't know it's almost to the point of it's like a fetishization of the tragedy of the of the impoverished african-american lifestyle yeah i mean i feel like that that's kind of where like the history of it comes from and i don't i don't resent them entirely i mean they have their place um within the history of cinema but like i feel like we are so far past that now and with everything that we're kind of going for like we we can't keep telling those stories again and i feel like part of it is rooted in the black exploitation era where it was like pro-blackness but you also had to turn like some of the darker parts of it into the heroes so like you had like black belt jones which black belt jones he wasn't like a bad guy it was just like black martial arts but um think like black dynamite kind of where and that's a parody of black exploitation but the dude was like uh, a kung fu mac pimp you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that or like the pimps were the good guys and and the pusher man the dope man you know he took care of the block and served the fiends and everything and it's like what he was doing was wrong but he had morals about it so that was like what kind of made it you know ethical and everything yeah and so then that further progressed as things had progressed and things got worse with like the crack epidemic and whatnot and people just pushing this stuff it, be, it became like the the hood tragedy 
of like you know somebody getting caught up in the life and gang violence and everything and that's where that that's kind of how we landed here yeah i agree it's on you it's on your shoulders now to save it yeah so so now uh with the with uh with the integration into the realm of sci-fi which shout outs to uh nichelle nichols and lavar burton pioneers um Mm -hmm. that that's uh lieutenant ohura and jordy um of course she was lieutenant right yes i think so um you know with the integration into sci-fi we're we're breaking through we're breaking these barriers and now but we're not we're not gonna be doctors for the we're, we're gonna be doctors among the highest of the high power all right we're gonna we're gonna save everything we're we're, we're just gonna change okay. it around we're not battling for equality we're not battling for our place or anything anymore like we're there we we do this now okay. all right and then so you're saying you want like more black leads for interstellar type movies i want black i want not not just like a black lead because i don't want him to be the black the black person among all these white faces i want him i want it to be like black casts all around okay like uh, about as loaded down as black panther so yo ryan coogler yo i'll i'll be calling you soon yeah we could use an afro samurai you know what i'm saying i feel like that's that was what was on the way to tell you the truth it was actually going to be uh the yasuke film yeah i mean they have a perfect film actually you know i heard somewhere else that the yasuke film already exists it was it was supposed to be with chadwick and now and they no 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 it it exists like the film exists already and it's tom cruise the last samurai no yeah no no i mean that was it though that was based off of of yasuke the story of yasuke we're not gonna talk about that I, they cast tom cruise is all i'm saying man fuck all that we're not talking about that <laughs> we're not talking about that. it could happen again and they could do it better you know what i'm saying like it's it's high time you know like when was the last samurai movie that fucking ronin movie from however long ago that no one talks about i have no clue like i have no it's clue. time it can make a resurgence i think Oh, speaking of speaking of it's time let's bring yasuke in speaking of chadwick speaking of what static shock of chadwick uh oh, chadwick yeah so marvel has confirmed and i said this last episode that yeah that they're going to be filming black panther 2 in july but they're not looking to replace chadwick by any means like they they said hey there was only one uh chadwick boseman and we're not looking to create a second um so i'm curious as to where that goes now um this isn't really about casting but i'm curious as to what they're going to do cinematically and what the second black panther film would be about and i think i might have a hunch i think this is going to be the one where they introduce namor who is basically marvel's aquaman fucking damn it and and oh i i like where this is going because namor and black panther have such a huge beef like them niggas go to war in the comics like it's okay it's good hang on because i actually got to read you like the panel um (sighs) i hate i hate namor really i don't know any i just i don't know 
enough about Namor. I just know enough to hate him. He's he he's kind of one of the worst. Like, so that he he actually kicks off the beef when he's endowed with the power of the Phoenix Force and floods Wakanda. And T'Challa invites Namor over, thinking, you know, it's going to be like a peaceful agreement or whatever. And T'Challa just gives him this monologue where he's like, yo, I'm I'm sorry that I had to invite you here under these circumstances. And he's like, you know, me and you going back and forth like this, we're just two giants. And and, and the people and our people are the ones getting caught in the middle of our battles. And Namor just looks at him. He's like, "What? What did you do, bro? What? What are you telling me right now? What's going on?" And he, just, T'Challa, just looks down. And he's just like, "I'm doing what giants do." And then he just sends the fucking shooters to come and fucking blast up Atlantis. <laughs> okay. All right. That's kind of a weird fight. Like I would never have expected those two characters, those two types of characters, to fight to have a war both kings of like secret empires yeah now nah, they they i mean it makes sense though it's interesting they'll definitely go back at it but then um in the end uh t'challa actually gets the last laugh because uh namor of course retaliates to t'challa's uh what you call to, to t'challa hitting striking back at atlantis and lies and tells the black order those are thanos's uh minions that the infinity gauntlet is in wakanda so of course they come and decimate wakanda yeah and something 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 we're in this next issue where shuri tells t'challa like yo you're you're the king now you you're you're gonna put this knife where it belongs and and go fucking kill namor so okay during the incursions t'challa stabs namor in the chest and namor's just like yo you think that's gonna stop me? And Chala's like, nah. I'm just putting it where it belongs. So they're floating above this planet, and Black Bolt comes in. And if you don't know who Black Bolt is, he's got like a quasonic voice. So if he like, if he even whispers, it'll just like fuck somebody up. Okay. Like yeah, like so if he speaks at a normal volume, it will probably like level in an entire city. So he just doesn't speak. No. So okay. he's trained not to like cough or snore or anything. Okay. Because it, it cool. could destroy like everything. And so they're about to That's very interesting. So they're about to blow up this planet during the, the during the incursions and they knock him through the atmosphere and just like kind of let him fall down. And this is this is Black Black Panther's commentary on it. He says, "Namor's biology and genetics make him incredibly resistant to damage." But even he doesn't have the ability to simply shrug off what we and the resulting fall from this platform did to him. It will take him a second for him to fully regain his wits. And I want him completely aware of what is about to happen to him. Because I want him to know, really know it's over. To fully realize there's no forgiveness for what he's done. That there was a price and he's finally going to pay it that there's no mercy for men like him. And even if there was, he doesn't get any. I want him to know this is how it ends. And more than that, I want him to know it was me. Like, that's just some real, it's some real ass nigga, bro. That's some real shit to do. And then he blows up the planet. I'm okay. With Nate Moore on the surface, bro. Like, <laughs> okay. Some, 
So wait, hold on a minute. Is this what you're hypothesizing is gonna happen in the next movie? Not, not a not panel for panel, but I am expecting. That's huge. But no, 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 not panel for panel. But I am expecting it to be the start of like a long-standing like rivalry between the two. Is it confirmed that Namor's in it? No. So Man. during Endgame. Was that okay? So they said it in Black Panther. They mentioned Namor in Black Panther during the casino scene, where he meets with like the CIA agent, and he's telling him like, "Oh, you're not supposed to be doing anything out here." And then he tells, and then he tells the agent, he's like, "Yo, I gave you Namor." And then during Endgame, they said that there was like uh, activity off the coast of like Africa with the tectonic plates or something, some earthquakes below the water. And Okoye was yeah. like, we're going to deal with it by not dealing with it. And so they just left it. So I'm pretty sure that they're hinting at Namor being present. Huh. Albeit heavy handedly. I mean, it just seems like a lot. It seems like all it. It's like encroaching levels of like grandioseness of the actual full Avengers films. You know what I mean? Based on how you describe the events. Well, now, you know, we got Civil War and that wasn't a, an Avengers film, but it was a Captain America film. Like, yeah, to be fair, but, he but it had a main cast. It had a, yeah, it had a loaded down Avengers cast, but I feel like we could get Black Panther versus Namor on the level of the Civil War film where it has like that loaded down cast and it, it still has like the the intensity of a major event happening. But well, how does that happen but it, now? Though? But it's not a it's not a full Avengers film. Yeah, but how does it even happen now, considering the, the they're not recasting? We don't know that yet. We we don't know how that happens. Not the recasting part. I just don't understand. I don't think, I don't even think you can have a storyline like that because if you don't recast, that then like how how does it happen? You know what I mean? We we will we'll see. We'll have to stay tuned on that one. Shit. I mean, it might just be they might just do something completely original to be honest. <sighs> they might just make something up completely original with another one of the characters from the film yeah. as the lead. Uh, I don't know how they'll they, they may even completely ignore the like T'Challa's existence for the purpose of that singular film. Like, he just won't be there. You know what I mean? Hey, look, this is all speculation, not confirmation. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. Your your movie sounds sick, but I just don't, I don't know how it would even be feasible. I, I don't either. Like I said, speculation. Wishful thinking. Yeah. At, currently, wishful I'll thinking. hold up, I'll hold out hope for you. Last bit of bite-sized news. You can't hold you can't hold down a nigga from Buffalo, boy. Let me tell you. You thought you thought I was gonna forget, but I didn't. You not stop you not stop you not stopping a nigga from Buffalo, baby. So last last week you you know I mentioned Benny the Butcher shot in the leg. Well, he posted to Instagram. Rick Ross was pushing him in a wheelchair. He looks like he's in good spirits. He's on his way up, bro. We're going we gonna to get some fire from Benny, bro. He's going to mention getting shot probably two or three times on his mixtape, but it's going to be the hotness, bro. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be some heat, bro. Like, I'm I'm ready for this, bro. I am one with the city right now, bro. 
Like I'm, I'm sitting here. I actually got my. I'm one with the city. Yes, bro. I, 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 I'm sending like my energy to him right now. Like if he can feel it, bro. Like I'm, 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 I'm sending my, I'm transmitting my energy like through the tips of my fingers, bro. Like I'm about to just. Okay. If I could, I would put on my Spider-Man mask and do the show, like in that entirely. Man. Is is Benny your family but, or something? But. But for now, you got a thing with Benny. You just got, I, bro. It's a, it's a New York thing, so. Okay. But for now, you just gotta settle for me wearing my my Tims, and my pink do rag and my Yankee cap. Well, all the all the best to Benny. You know, speedy recovery. I'd probably feel pretty happy too if Rick Ross is pushing me around in my wheelchair. So I understand. You know, I wish the best for him. I do want to say, as a as a minor tangent. Uh, that still has to do with New York. I don't know about Buffalo specifically, but there is another special individual related to New York that you absolutely can keep down. Okay. Is it a... You ever heard of a team called the New York Knicks? I thought you were going to say Cuomo, but all right. Yeah, let's... Uh, I, I don't know. Tell me about these Knicks guys. New York Knicks, uh, long-time laughingstock, of the uh, National Basketball Association. Um, they've had a lot of great players. One of the most famous of recent history that comes to mind, Carmelo Anthony. Okay. For a long time. Yeah. Um, but a lesser known, but some could say equally as influential player for the team. Mm-hmm. Someone by the name of... Uh, Nate Robinson. Bingo. Oh wow! I was right. Yeah, you were right. Actually, I know it's Nate Robinson. I know sports. Well, who else did he play? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> shut the fuck he, up. He's just <laughs> he has like 50 teams. He sucked. Uh, but uh, it's Nate Robinson. You can absolutely keep him down. You can knock him out. Yeah, I mean anybody could do it at this point, especially if you were a former Viner and offensive YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, you can. That was um, it shocked the NBA world. I've, I've seen some comments that it set the NBA back about 40 years. And just made the rest uh, of the boxing world roll their eyes. Yep. Uh, it's just, it's a huge blow. Uh, not even a lie. It is actually a huge blow for the NBA's reputation because of that. I won't, it's, it's really embarrassing, really disappointing. And a lot of NBA players, personalities have been openly reacting and mocking this man for what he did, for his display, his apparently training six days a week for this uh, for this fight. Man, second round knockout. Dog, and it. I mean, there's no good way to get knocked out, but man, the way he got like he he got stiffed like like whole body went straight and just fell yeah. over and like laid there man it was yeah it was awful he just banged his head the front of his face directly on the mat and it wasn't even like it was like a sneak knockout out of nowhere he'd been knocked down like three times already oh. Oh. in the first two rounds he'd been knocked down like three times already dude i didn't even know that yeah That's... it was it was one-sided it was not even close that's terrible yeah, it was, it was an actual embarrassment. Um, but 
you wanted to talk about Cuomo? No, I didn't. I just I, oh, okay, I heard fine. New York and keep somebody down, and so I just said Cuomo. I just know you like your New York facts, so I thought I would bring them up. And if we had a soundboard, I would definitely have one for New York facts. <laughs> Tell me something about New York. Tell me something I don't know about New York. There's a lot. I just want to hear your trivia for New York. Give me anything. My New York trivia? Yeah, anything I might not know. Well, a lot of the homes, uh, a lot of the, some of the apartments, like all the stuff that's being like renovated is like stuff that's considered pre-war because guess what it was all built before the war and now it's being like turned into apartments and everything and like one of the places i was staying at was called the tea factory because guess what it used to be a tea factory so they don't have a lot of uh electrical installation and everything because of how old they are and how they're just being turned into like apartments and everything because that place that's pretty fucking wild yeah it is the, the place is like a lot of architectural history yeah yeah, and plus it's like kind of super crowded up there. Um, but you already knew yeah. that. Oh, oh nice. uh, New York facts. <laughs> New York facts. So, what else? What's on the docket? What's on the docket? So, I was going to talk The Mandalorian, but geez, we're almost an hour in. I'm not going to hold anything up. Uh, I mean, we can talk about his name. Was it Grimblow? No. That's actually the the, the the Yoda baby. That's the Yoda baby's name. Yeah. And we're That's what I'm talking I'm about. still calling it Yoda baby or baby Yoda. Because Come on, the name's pretty good. I just can't remember because it because I don't care. Guess what? That Listen, that baby's fucking bad, dude. Like <laughs> What's wrong? Like the, What's wrong with that? The guy? baby's bad. Like <laughs> like just what? like i mean he does shit like a baby would do but he can clearly understand what mando is telling him mm-hmm. like he'll be like hey go get in your seat or don't do that and he'll do it every now and then but he'll like just be touching shit or he's always eating something <laughs> <laughs> well here's the thing they did not know that it would get that popular and so now they're just shoving more scenes in as fans are yeah that's just what's gonna happen i i know i know but and and it's like the the baby is the center of everything just because it's a space western and it's clearly like a a journey slash kind of escort story you know between this stoic badass faceless cow cowboy of space space cowboy shout out to never knows best five stars and um (laughs) (laughs) true and so you you have that and then you have this this little baby with these big you have this cute baby with these little eyes that just does silly stuff so it's like hey when the faceless stoic cowboy is not doing anything let's see what the cute baby's doing ah he makes little baby noises and he eats stuff and he has force power so cute um yeah i love gragu Is that how you pronounce it? Is it Grogu? Or is it Grogu? You gotta tell me. Are you proud of yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that name. I haven't haven't heard how it's pronounced yet. I was watching the, the new episode last night. And let me tell you something, man. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, they 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 had some pretty alright space baddies. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, Rosario Dawson. Rosario. Um Ah, uh, well, tomato tomato. Shut your fucking mouth. 
right. <laughs> Grogu Gragu. Yeah. I'll let you have that because I don't even know. Each their own. Yeah, they had, they had plenty of space baddies. I wasn't even talking about Rosario, but um, whoever, whoever this uh, Sasha Banks. I know that's that's her stage name in the WWE, mm-hmm. but she had a cameo as a as a female Mandalorian. She was yeah. she was looking pretty fine, pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> Something ain't right. Yes. Man, I just don't like come on, man. Why do people hate the name Gragu? I don't really hate the name. I just like I'm just so accustomed to baby Yoda now, like that's all it's gonna be. I feel like you're also over the character in general. Yes, I am. I I kinda Which I I don't blame. I mean I don't get me wrong, like I like it. I think it's funny on the show. And I like memes too, but eh, I, I could take it or leave it at this point. Like when I started seeing people get like tattoos and stuff, I was like, yeah, I see where this is going. <laughs> it's just a craze, man. I don't understand. Yeah. When, when you see it. So weird. Yeah, in, in our digital age, it, it, especially when you're as active on social media as I am, which I really shouldn't be. That's not healthy. Uh, five stars for screen time. Uh, you definitely yep. got to make sure sh- you, you kind of see these things written on the wall. Yeah. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. And I was going to say something huh? about like uh, the the Gina Carano stuff, but uh, I don't really care. Who? So she's the one who plays Cara Dune. Who? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> Man, I don't fucking watch that shit. I know you God. <laughs> Man, come on. <laughs> yeah, whoever she is. Okay, so whatever she plays. Yes, former MMA fighter, now action heroine, Gina Carano. Uh she plays Cara Dune on The Mandalorian, who is a former shock trooper for I believe the Empire. And cool. now she helps out Carl Weathers and Mando on their missions and everything, but I'm not gonna talk about her. She she okay. got on she said some dumb shit on Twitter or whatever and you know cancel culture is out doing its thing uh, I don't I'm I'm over it um, you don't even want to talk about no it. I don't you know what we can talk about there's a bit of somber news about Star Wars okay. that I just saw really yeah let's hear it you know I don't know how to pronounce his last name the actor for Darth Vader James Earl Jones. No, the act, the actual like actor. The okay, so the physical person who was on camera. Yeah. No, I don't know who that is. Dave Prowse, okay. I think. He he died. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. He was he was eighty five. Eighty five. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that looks like how that's how it's pronounced, Dave Prowse. Yeah. Prowse, pro Prowse maybe? No, Prowse. Maybe, maybe I, I think it has to be Prowse, but Dave Prowse. I just I just saw that. I was just like scrolling along, looking at things, and uh, yeah. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Very unfortunate. Rest in peace to him. It's, it is one of those reminders, though, that those movies are old as shit. Because the actors from those movies, I mean, we see it on screen now with like, you know, Mark Hamill and shit being as old as he is. Like you can just see it. Yeah. So it's like. Those movies are old, though, man. Like, are we coming up on the 50th anniversary uh, of the first 
like the first released Star Wars film? I think A New Hope. We're gonna look up A New Hope. I think it came out in the seventies. It right? did come out in the seventies. We're gonna look. So we have to be seventy-seven. Like, so twenty twenty-seven is the fiftieth anniversary May, of Star May Wars. 26, May twenty-fifth, seventy-seven. Man. Yeah. That's that's insane. Like thinking about the fact that there are still actors alive, like it doesn't seem real. Like Mark Merrill. Hamill. Or fuck. I I literally just said Hamill. Fuck me. Alright. It's it's you know, it's late for me. Alright? Come on, my brain is functioning at like eighty percent capacity. I get one. Alright. Rosaria. but you know it's just crazy it's crazy he is still around but i can't imagine seeing like him not being there but it's like 50 fucking years the actor for darth vader was 85 you know it's like damn cuz the movies are old as shit yeah they are and Jam- it's just wild to think. James about. Earl Jones, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford. I mean, I don't even think of them as being old. Is the is the thing. It's it's a thing where their media has warped the perception of like them as a person so much that yeah. they don't even. I don't even think about how old fucking Harrison Ford is, or the fact that he like broke his hip by falling down oh. or something. Okay. Alright, alright, you ready to You ready to keep it rolling? Talk, sure, what's fucking that? Talk, talk some shit <laughs> Sorry, I'm aggro Alright So, Kevin Hart It's probably because of the way I just segued like that I know <laughs> You don't have to tell me I know what I did What about Kevin Hart, man? What Kevin about Hart, zero fucks given And mm. honestly, I can't blame him But I feel like it's kind of affected his comedy maybe i feel like he's he's suffering from success so you know recently he put out a new special on netflix called zero fucks given and the catch was that you know he 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 did like a light dave Chappelle, and he just did it from his home in front of a small audience and everything so you could see you know all the posters for all the specials and movies and everything and he says himself it's like a he says you know when i walk past these it's a timeline of my life and my career um mm-hmm. and no no lie it's it's been successful it's been lucrative beautiful but the special itself was not that good you know, yeah. a lot of the jokes didn't really hit and everything and one of the interesting takes that i heard from uh this other comedian by the name of ryan davis he's he uh started online and he also does stand up is that he uh he just said kevin hart is stretched thin as an entertainer which i understand like uh because of covid you know he's not touring you know doing a bunch of cities and everything and really pulling the material excuse me he's not really pulling the material together and getting it to polish and with the netflix special it's like you just do like the one take and then that's kind of it and yeah. and that's really how it felt watching that that's how it felt watching this like the jokes really didn't hit but also when i say he's like suffering from success he started to as a comedian he's entering the realm of like unrelatability because you yeah. know that as a comedian 
being relatable to the audience so they can kind of get in on the humor is kind of part of the appeal and then, and that's what can make someone funny it, it's how you kind of build that relationship well mm-hmm. throughout kevin's tenure i'd probably say from i'm a grown little man to laugh at my pain those that 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 little gap was where you can start to see everything crescendo and then i think he had one called let me explain where not only in the presentation but in the format of his joke jokes i was kind of like uh he's this isn't really as good as like the last few specials because uh a lot of kevin's material is in his storytelling right so he's he comes in and he's like yeah you know i'm a dad my kids are so silly and my kids do one thing and then i'm like this and then he comes up with a phrase and then it was like whenever those specials came out that was like the phrase for that year kevin hart was on fire right yeah so at first it was like say it with your chest and peel his muffin cat back blue and all that stuff and then it turned into all right all right all right and though and you know see the way my bank account is set up is he was knocking it out and he was on everybody's lips whether it was by name or through those phrases right but then after let me explain that shtick had kind of started to die down and so it became more about like you know him telling those stories and and during during that special that was kind of weird because he kept because he had like fireworks and everything that was going out and so he was like yeah so i'm i'm successful now and one thing i wanted them to do for this special was give me the fire effects so now i could just call it on command and say hit the fire on these bitches and then he would do that like as a punchline to the joke or whatever and he would just randomly yeah. go hit the fire and they would like shoot the fire up from the stage and yeah. it, it was kind of kind of meh just mid in terms of comedy um didn't really bring out a lot of laughs and then he's got one called what now and i feel like what now is is or was the peak if that makes sense like it was high in presentation he sold out like a football stadium for his comedy like that's that's, that's pretty big ball and i mean that's really big success but it was like you've kind of told a lot of stories and everything it's i don't want to i'm not saying he's washed but also yeah that he is kind of stretched in like he's everywhere he's been the same person in movies a lot like Mm -hmm. acting wise and now business wise he's he's in movies fitness he's in commercials like there there hasn't just been a lot of room for his comedy you know yeah i've always thought of kevin hart as being kind of like 2010s super popular black comedian you know what i mean like of the 2010s like the huge one you know yeah and it felt like you know because comedy is a thing that evolves like crazy fast just like everything else man comedy like people's tastes in comedy and trends in comedy change and it feel it's always felt to me like kevin hart's brand of comedy is something that is probably gonna be left in the 2010s pretty much the early early 2010s i mean too um he does much better now just playing off of other people 
like one-off jokes, quick punchlines, usually being the butt of the joke or like self-deprecating humor and stuff. Yeah. Being short, whatever. Uh, and that like that. that's just not really happening for him right now. You can't do that in like a long, hour-long special by yourself. You can't really do it that well. I mean, and even if he did, all of the jokes about him being a tiny guy or like being the butt of the joke, I don't, I don't know, man. It feels like we've all heard him before because like you said, he's doing everything. He's been in fucking a million movies and other pieces of media. Like, we get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's pretty much what it is. It's like, he'll he'll tell some story where, you know, uh, he, well, now he even tells stories about, like, how how rich he is. And that's kind of yeah. meh. And then, of course, with some of these jokes, like, you know, cancel culture is after him again. Um, Yeah, cancel culture. They, they love to pick on him. I saw something about him calling his daughter a hoe. Yes, that, that was one of the jokes where... He's like, oh, yeah, my daughter's growing up, and she tells me, oh, dad, I like, you know, this boy at school and everything. He's my boyfriend now. And then a couple days later, she comes back, and she's like, okay, I don't like him now. I like this boy. And he's like, oh, my daughter a hoe. And it was like, yeah. meh, quick. It wasn't even worth really a chuckle, in my opinion. It was just kind of predictable. Um, yeah. But, I mean, that that's what I kind of mean. It's like, it, I, I, it just wasn't that good. Uh, that's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, all you can do right now because they're both active at the same time is compare it to Dave Chappelle a bit. You know, it's hard not to, especially when they're both in the news at the same time. Yeah, kind of both doing specials and shit at the same time ish. Um, and Dave Chappelle also makes jokes and tells stories about his life and about him being successful. Um, and things like that but he tells it from the perspective of like it being so surreal and like unreal the things that like are going on because like what because he's successful or like what success is like for him in his life and how weird it is and things like that it's like completely the opposite of braggadocious it's kind of like when and this is me I, I heard someone compare it to this before but it's like when 50 Cent was on Twitter and he made a series of tweets about how his grandma asked him to take out the garbage and how she didn't give a shit about him being a fucking millionaire. Yeah. She, she just didn't give a shit about what he was doing or what he accomplished. She still wanted him to take out the garbage. Oh, you gotta send me that. So, so, I mean, those, those tweets were comedy. But it was 50 Cent basically laughing at himself. Yeah. Um, so that's the type of humor that Dave Chappelle kind of embodies when he talks about his own life and experiences after becoming famous. Yeah, and he's he, he's in Dave Chappelle, and I feel like that's because like of Dave Chappelle's approach. It's not really the stories, but the observations around them that yeah, make them as sure. funny as they are. Mm-hmm. And I agree. shoot, you brought up the go- you know what we're gonna start? We're gonna call this segment like the farm or something. Any no, I'm I'm dead serious. Anytime we talk about a goat, we gotta say we gotta have something where we just say, hey, this person belongs on the farm, the goat farm. Like, <laughs> put them on the range. Yeah, put them on the fucking yeah. range. Just another. They, and and of all the people, Dave Chappelle has definitely earned his place in the range. Like he's 
he's a goat in the world in the realm of comedy dave chappelle is a goat and uh you know as of recent dave chappelle released not a stand-up but just you know him speaking and he's he's uh he's he's done this a couple times now so he did it uh earlier this year with the 836 video in response to george floyd being killed and now recently he uh did one with uh he did one called unforgiven and it's Mm -hmm. just under 20 minutes and he he recalls a, a time early in his career when he was like just starting out and he started blowing up and he just you know started finding early success but he also started finding like the deceit of the world of comedy and the entertainment industry and how he was taken advantage of in in his youth and how yeah his his youth and his innocence right um yeah where someone had he lent someone a joke and that that loan turned into a theft and then uh going further down the road he was in he was living in new york and he went to play three car monty which is you know the this uh the just a street game right they shuffle the cards around they say all right you got to pick which one's the right card and he gets hustled but then when he realizes that you know the people who set up the game and who demonstrate are also in on the hustle he decides to blow it for everyone he and just say hey yo they're all in on it too don't play the game and so the man running the game just grabs him up and says don't come between a man and his money and and again he compares himself to the uh to one of the scenarios in the book pimp by iceberg slim i I need to finish reading that um where he kind of gets candid and says yeah that he gets candid about his time in the industry with comedy central and hollywood and says yeah you know like that that's how it was with me like i was the one being set up by them everybody was in on it but me and so and now with uh with this extra bit of clarity you know and i when when i think about all the people who were involved i'm like oh this wasn't just like the studios and directors and everything who were in on it it was like his own team that was in on it as well so like his lawyers you know agents management like everybody was not really there there wasn't anybody in his corner you know um so did did you happen to see it by any chance which one uh unforgiven no. Okay. Um, I'm actually gonna grab my phone real quick. I'm gonna send it to you on the gram. I feel like you would have seen that. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how to really. I we talked about it, like a few, uh, like several episodes ago. Like we did, we did talk about its release, and I had seen again bits and pieces or like some news uh, about uh-uh. it and stuff like that. No, no, no. This came out five days ago. Oh wait! Oh fuck! What am I thinking of? This is super, super recent. What? I was thinking of a different special. My fault. Are, are we, what were you talking about? Like sticks and stones, or were you talking about uh, the one that came out like just last year? Maybe that would have been sticks and stones. Okay. 
That's probably the one I was thinking of. My okay, point. so Unforgiven, he had the bit about. No, this no Unforgiven is is right now, like five days ago. That this is the one that that's the one I'm talking about. So he it's there's like no comedy in this at all. Yeah, I was just about to ask if it was the one where he talked about Netflix. Yeah, that that's what this is. Okay. So yeah, so he's talking about how he was set up and everything by the industry. So now, if I had known you hadn't seen it, I, I would have gone into more detail. Um. I've only seen the Netflix bit, that 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 cutout segment. Well, that's kind of the important part. That's that's the high point of it, where he says, you know, the the good thing about Netflix is that they weren't around when all this was happening, yeah. and so he finally uh, cut the cut a deal with Netflix. You know, Netflix uh, hired him to do those specials and everything, but then they pulled Chappelle's show and started streaming it, and then HBO Max started streaming Chappelle's show as well. And in the cruel twist of irony, you know, the same people who had uh, kind of sent him off were the ones who went and took his content, his show, his material. And now they're streaming it because he says, HBO told me, what do what do we need you for? And so now now that they're streaming his show, he returns the question, you know, what do you need me for? Why? Why are you streaming my show? And the tragedy of it is that he's not getting paid for any of it because yeah. he has signed it all. He signed it all away. He's he's the artist. And so they have the rights to, you know, that content and his likeness. And one thing that I thought was kind of interesting was how he mentioned Prince um, because Prince had been through something similar in in the sense of like getting his masters and owning his work. He was another young artist who had been taken advantage of. But um, the reason so, you know, in legal terms, they don't call you by your name. They call you the artist and then you just sign off on everything. So I didn't know, like when they were saying so this is after like Prince became the symbol, like he wasn't going by the name Prince anymore. When he came out on stage, he was just the uh, the onk. Right. Um, So in the media, they would call him the artist formerly known as Prince because of his battles because of his legal battles and he wasn't going by like prince on stage anymore so i thought it was like phrasing wise the artist formerly known as prince where it was like they're trying to like be haha funny but what i didn't know that i didn't know that they were probably speaking like literally like the artist comma formerly known as prince so that kind of gives a a different perspective on that so that's a interesting fact but getting back to Chappelle's debacle you know he placed a call to action not to boycott Netflix entirely but to not stream Chappelle's show and Netflix went the extra step after he had called them and they pulled the show off that mm-hmm. they removed it from it uh, from from Netflix from streaming which was really interesting because Netflix isn't really known for making good guy moves uh, all that often so um, I, I can't help but feel it was business related. They just felt it was a better business decision to be in the good graces of Dave Chappelle since they had just signed him to a $60 million deal for all the specials that were going to be exclusive to Netflix. Um, they probably just felt it was easier to capitulate, listen to him. Yeah. And do that for him. 
yeah, I mean, he he called and he said, hey, now Chappelle, the way Chappelle puts it, he's like, hey, I want you to put it, I want you to put it, pull it, because it makes me feel bad, and yeah, and I feel like you know, as a show of good faith and a testament to their relationship, Netflix in part did it a little bit outside of business, but I feel like yeah, for the most part, I'm gonna agree with you there and say that. It definitely was a business move because Chappelle put in four, five specials with Netflix off of said $60 million deal. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, they went and played a show without the streaming. So now what makes it so unique about what makes the relationship between Dave and Netflix is, like you said, he is that, yeah, Netflix wasn't around and now dave is as wiser he had he's he's more equipped with that knowledge and i feel like that's definitely something that's in his favor and that's why he was allowed or that's why he was able to make that demand and and why netflix followed through with it yeah i mean i think it's good on netflix i mean it's a it's a great choice whether it's a PR move or not, you know, it's it's a good thing to do also. So I can't knock them for it. Um, and they probably have a partner for life now in Dave Chappelle um, by doing right by him in a industry that's always done wrong by him. Yeah. So like they're, they, they're so... Again, they probably have a partner for life. Yeah. Um really good on there there's like a a store a sort of weird tragedy when it comes to dave Chappelle. like i mean because his his greatest creation is like his greatest burden you know yeah that's the way it is man like all of these like a ton of these super popular artists um that become like that are on top of the world in their respective field whether it's music comedy or some other medium um there was obviously the huge thing that taylor swift was doing with scooter braun and all that Mm -hmm. then kanye popping off on twitter uh, talking about he wants us he wants a world where every artist is in control of their masters and he was like talking for a long time about like suing all of the largest like I don't even know, like record labels and things like that to try to rewrite contracts for artists. But um, all of these, all of these, all of these entertainers, um, they get screwed at some point, usually early in their career. And they're not in control of anything they do, even though they're supposed to be on top of the world. Yeah. They, uh, they will find out soon. Usually right after the point that they're on top of the world that they can't do anything with the material that got them there and they have to they're they're on their own kind of again and they have to make new things um, they can't relive their past at all because they don't own any of it so it, it's it's unfortunate but i think that dave Chappelle will be better off be better off just kind of leaving it in the past i think that his his statement was really strong on it um his statement of just boycott him don't watch his show if you ever loved him if you ever liked him um just don't watch his old shit that sucks i i 
I think it's tragic, just like you do. Um, but I don't know. He's got he's got a point. He's got a point. He's not gonna get paid for it ever. There there could never be enough backlash in the world for a company to give that back to him. Mm. Probably. Mm. Probably. Netflix, I mean, the news, the huge buzz around it with Netflix uh, being in their total legal right to not have to take it down, yeah, but doing it anyway, and the, the huge positive buzz around that and the negative buzz toward the other streaming platforms for keeping it up. Maybe. Maybe there's something that could come of that. Maybe. Uh, I just doubt it. I wish because I don't want to feel bad if I ever want to watch the Chappelle show again because it was a wonderful, wonderful piece of programming. Um, but if I ever wanted to watch it again, I don't want to feel bad and not be able to because I would be disrespecting Dave Chappelle and his legacy and him as a person by doing so. Uh, I just don't know. It's It's so weird where you're at a point where it is more you you feel more morally in the right to steal the content and watch it than to officially like pay for a platform to watch it on you know what i mean yeah like i would fe- i would feel better torrenting the Chappelle show than supporting the companies that are still keeping it up that aren't going to pay dave anyway mm yeah and ethics the ethics of like obtaining and watching the show were something that he called into question he's like you know are are they right just because they got my signature yeah Uh, i don't think so i mean it's it's just bad faith right it's a bad faith business practice it always is with those contracts man legally they'll always be in the right but morally and ethically no they're never businesses never care about being ethically in the right not at all and, that, and that's what sucks i do think that if if there's anything positive to take away from this um i, I think that it's a good thing that dave has become the comedian and the person he has outside of this situation because it would have been really easy for him to remain out of the public eye and not come back to comedy after everything that he went through back in those early days. But instead he has come back and he's become very George Carlin-esque where like I, that feels like the phase he's going into. Nice. Where you know George Carlin. Yes. Right? So George Carlin at the end of his career. He was also he was also another observationalist. Like he called a, a lot of mm-hmm. stuff into question about uh, society, politics, and everything, and he just kind of observed like human nature and everything. And so yeah. that's that was like a a big part of uh, his career, especially towards the end of it. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I was basically getting at. Like toward the end of his career, he started just speaking, not making a ton of jokes, not really it being a comedy special, but him just talking to the audience about the world and about everything, and trying to educate. Yeah. And now it feels like that's the stage that Dave Chappelle's also going into now. He still he still does comedy. He still does the funny bits. You know, he when he hosted uh, Saturday Night Live recently, it was 
it was good. It was funny. He, he he kind of had a mix of both, but you know, it definitely seems like that's where he's going, and I think that's that's a good thing because we we as a society have needed a George Carlin type probably for a long time since George Carlin. We've needed someone like him, and we got it in Dave Chappelle. Absolutely. So it's another goat on the range all in all um good on netflix for honoring dave chappelle and removing the chappelle show from the platform hbo your move your fucking move (laughs) that's that's true all right so i did not mention this earlier but the topic of today for our introspective bit was the power of time time the power of time i don't know why i phrased it like that but there is power in time and there is time and power so um let's just jump right into it so with time i actually feel like i had a a quote about this so my general thoughts on time are one is that time is the currency that is always fleeting so you have to spend it wisely and then i also have another quote it's like probably one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite tv shows is from the character white rose on mr robot and she is played by bd wong she is a i think i think the proper term is drag um so woman in drag and her whole thing like she's a villain but her whole thing is like time so she's like just very punctual very very coordinated very organized especially about time and like even in her house she just has a room full of like collected clocks with synchronized that are all synchronized and everything from around the world Mm -hmm. Uh, she's a very interesting character but the quote is the concept of waiting bewilders me there are always deadlines there are always ticking clocks that's why you must manage your time and that's kind of the energy that we're tackling as we head into this introspective bit and also our folk one of our examples and subjects is going to be the late and legendary kobe bryant who is another master of his time so um opening up to it so you know one thing that kobe is known for was his incredible work ethic where he was challenging players he was up and obscenely early he had a crazy sleep routine where he slept in four hour segments um with eight hours of activity in between so it rounds out to 24 still um and then just a lot of repetition in his training where it wasn't just like a few drills or anything it was like 800 shots 400 shots in the morning practicing before the lights were on but the a, a big core part of that uh, ethic was the management of his time as an athlete. Now, not as an athlete. Well, he was more than just an athlete, but he was an athlete, husband, and dad. And he still had time. Time. Wow. There. Here we go. We're bringing it full circle. He still had time to be all three which means that there probably wasn't a lot of downtime for him so um i i I wanted to get some of your thoughts also on you know time 
as well and, and mm. you know how how we spend it how we manage it how we manage it things like that yeah i mean time i think at our at the point in our lives that we're at at 25 it starts to this is probably the first phase of life where we start to really stress about time because it's the first moment in our lives where we're at a stage where we can very viscerally see those younger than us. We can very clearly see the divide between the new generation and ourselves. Um, and we also are very keenly aware of the fact that 30 is around the corner, things like that. So time gains a very new and sort of morbid um, importance for us. Um, and we start really worrying about spending our time wisely. We start really fervently trying to plan ahead as much and as hard as we can. Um, and I think that stress about time is the wrong way to go about it. And I feel like you, you want to avoid falling into that stress about time. It's hard. There's really no perfect way to tell you how to feel or act about the, your own perception of time. But I feel like you need to try to find a middle ground between trying to always spend your time wisely, but also just trying to spend time doing things that make you happy. So if you sit in your house all day, reading a book, watching a show, playing a game, listening to music, making music, writing, drawing, whatever you do, if you had a good time, like just don't don't think of that as a wasted day. You know what I mean? Don't obsess over productivity. Um, don't obsess over a accomplishing some big goal and never giving yourself time off or things like that. And don't feel guilty about giving yourself time off. Because while time is a currency and a commodity that is always fleeting, we... We, we also can't afford to spend all of that time stressed about making the perfect use of it. I think that's a that's an important thing. Uh, yeah, I kind of uh, I, I second that a little bit. If if you're always kind of pressure now. Yeah, I mean, you can't be. You can't be like Mark Wahlberg. He, I mean, I don't know if you've seen like his schedule that it's been posted around like a bunch of times, but it's like very. It's fake schedule. Yeah, it's it, that he. Well, I mean, you know, you've seen it then, so you know it's it's like very tightly yeah. knit. Where it's like, okay, for an hour I'm doing. He's like, I'm up at you know, four thirty. Then I go lift for like an hour, and then I shower in thirty minutes, and then I, I spend an hour with family, and then I take phone calls for thirty minutes. You know that that thing. Yeah. that that's very tightly knit and it's like a constant go it, like yeah. like there's there's really no brace i'm like dude how do you think if you're moving at that speed um mm -hmm. and, it, and before you know it like when your day is so tightly planned like there it doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for you to kind of be 
you know your, yourself yeah. in in that moment but um mm-hmm. as far as like putting putting the time in as opposed to taking the time out uh i put a couple polls up for people and how they spend their time this screen time not too much of it notification so <laughs> yeah so i put a I put a poll up so thank you again to everyone who participated in the poll and we asked, do you prefer to operate freely or on a schedule? And the votes came in. 55% said they voted for a schedule. And then the other 45% said that they would rather operate freely. Um, yeah. And I feel like there are pros and cons to both, actually. Mm-hmm. So, like, operating by a schedule gives you a lot of structure. So, yeah. you, that whatever time you have, whatever time you schedule away is is there it's like allocated and you just know that you're able to do those things and then whenever that time comes about whatever that schedule time for that activity is is there then your focus can be on that like you you have your focus uh directed on whatever activity it is and then you also have a deadline to get it completed uh so that's that those are the uh pros of um you know having the schedule and then the pros of operating freely are that whatever it is you're working on well there's no deadline to it so you can kind of get lost in it and then you can just kind of step back from it or it's you can you can kind of circle around and i don't know what are, what are some pros that you feel on operating freely pros for both even if you have them um i mean the pros of operating with the schedule pretty self-explanatory i feel like you know you touched on it too just being able to accomplish goals short term a lot of short-term goals feels very good um makes you feel super productive um and it's just in general a pretty positive thing um obviously a con kind of what we talked about with the mark Wahlberg situation is once you if you ever become super regimented it'll actually do the inverse and you'll feel like you're losing time yeah Uh, it'll feel like everything's passing too fast and like you don't have any agency over anything anymore um i mean if you've ever had a full-time job and you get to a weekend and you feel like the entire week was just gone because you spent it all at work and didn't have time for yourself because like you'd go to work come home be exhausted and sleep and then wake up with a couple hours before work again and then you finally make it to the weekend and you're like where did that week fucking go it's like that in a way um if you plan things too much you'll end up feeling like you didn't have any time at all um and having living freely the inverse of that can be equally as dangerous if you live listlessly if you live with absolutely no goals or ambitions then it also can feel like time is super fleeting and just kind of being uh pissed away um but it does have the advantage it has the pro of you having complete agency over whatever you do at any given moment you can afford to be very spontaneous um there it is do whatever sounds best to you at the given time yeah there what no when you said spontaneous like that that's what i was thinking like that, yeah yeah i had the thought and then you brought it all together so there yeah 
it, it's just the spontaneity of it all that that's the biggest positive of it the, the fact that you can be adventurous you can take risks you can just do whatever sounds best to you at the given moment um for better or for worse i guess that's that's another big or quote unquote I, I would call it actually a small con a small risk mm-hmm. to living super freely is that everything that you can choose to do not all of it will turn out good not that everything you would plan and like try to execute would also turn out good but it does feel like there's a bit more like risk reward to trying to live super free yeah versus trying to have a schedule yeah so that yeah there's there's definitely like more there's not a lot of pressure to do anything um Mm -hmm. but when you do get into something you do always run like the risk reward and so you have to kind of when you're being when you're operating freely you're the one who determines like the worth of whatever it is you're getting into yeah as opposed to when you're on a schedule you kind of already have an idea and that's why the time is allocated towards it and Mm -hmm. if you're doing it by way of a schedule where you say okay i'm gonna take an hour out well then you have that hour out and you're dedicated and you're focused and you're in it and you can have the judgment to say okay i don't want to do this again or i do want to do it again and then i'll put more time into it or less whereas if you operate a bit more freely and you get into something you could be caught like you said kind of moving listlessly um in the wrong direction or you might Mm. or you might get so into it that you actually get carried away um and it may be moving in the right direction but i don't know just kind of you know uh i don't want to say complacent but you know just carried away Mm -hmm. i've had good experiences and bad experiences with living both ways um having a very scheduled uh like a brief spurt of a super scheduled life can feel super rewarding um where if you just like plan things out for a a few specific days like you have to do a few things on these few days and executing that can feel really good um also making a spur of the moment decision to fly to japan even if you can't really afford it can also turn out to be a really great decision uh even though it comes with a million risks (laughs) you know so I've, I've had good situations of both, and I've also had bad ones. I made a, another spur-of-the-moment decision to go to Vancouver once, and that was very bad. <laughs> because I I was even more underprepared at that point in time. And that kind of goes back to the risk versus reward. Um, there was a lot of risk going then because I was broke, and I overdrafted my account while in another country. But uh, overall, it wasn't terrible. Just what I consider it a good use of my time. Maybe not. Understandable. Over planning, also becoming too stressed. Also not a good, not a good use. Of time. Yeah, when you're, I mean, I I try to, I try to run like clockwork and everything, and just be on a constant hustle. But even then. Jeez, I feel like inversely we could have a whole nother episode where we talk about rest, maybe in the future. Yeah. Um, but after after like so many days, it's gonna catch up to you. Where you're doing, mm-hmm. where you're, if you're on constant go, or you're just constantly pushing out the grind. And this is an interesting uh, 
fact uh not not fact but quote i saw they said if you don't uh have a dedicated time of when to rest if you don't find time to rest your body's gonna find that time for you right so if you are just on constant go and you're always just pushing yourself too hard and you're thinking like yeah i have to be working because working equals winning then eventually you're gonna crash like it it's it's set to happen so even so time is important even in terms of rest right like Mm -hmm. so you have to even when you're resting like and not uh, i feel i feel like i'm kind of nagging when i say this but like know the difference between being distracted and actually resting right so why the fuck do i keep saying right because i'm right because i'm correct um you know best (laughs) on a show called never knows (laughs) five stars so five stars for knowing best yes um because i i feel like in in terms of literal rest right getting some sleep um one thing that we tend to do a lot of people is just get on the phone before bed and then answering a couple texts might turn into, oh, let me check this notification on socials. And then, oh, well, there was a, a cute dog video or some shit. You know, just that's a distraction from your rest. Like, yes, that that's a real thing. That That's possible. That can happen. And so mm-hmm. when you're distracted like that, you know, 10 can turn into 11, can turn into midnight. And before you know it, it's the next day. And so yeah. as a part of managing your time and finding a boost to it is to eliminate. Oh, my gosh. Excuse me. Is to eliminate distractions. Eliminating distractions it will help maximize your time so much, um, I believe. So let's go to the inbox where I asked a question. I said, what are some things you do to what are some uh practices well what did i ask specifically why can i not remember my own questions i uh that's i just i just ask people what what things you put into practice to take advantage and make the best of your time and these are all going to be anonymous so anybody can anybody can answer them you don't have to worry about you know being called out or whatever um Mm -hmm so first response alarms on my phone map out a day plan but i don't have massive ad but oh but i have massive add so if i don't stay on it i lose i think that means track i lose it got a little cut off here so we're gonna say that means you you lose focus maybe lose track so Mm -hmm. that and this is a person i believe who voted for schedule so yeah so a lot of people voted for schedule wow so yeah so some of the things that we already mentioned having an alarm those are that's really good because basically having an alarm is just like an external uh system to say hey you know this this activity is up let's go on it and we just talked about it having your focus right and directing your attention so if you have like that sort of external reminder that says like hey you know that the time for this activity is begin is starting or ending then you know you, you, you know what i fucking mean the the thought was yeah. started 
another one lists and calendars for everything wow that's a good one um so uh so adding a list means you have structure and then a list in tandem with a calendar means like hey it might not be the same day but eventually you're having a plan and it's all going to get executed so more structure and then another person just says to-do list kind of kind of the same sentiment there uh next one youth the thought of it reassures me not to give up and to make the best of my time so this is kind of what you mentioned earlier about us being in the age range that we're in and mm-hmm. seeing our environment uh ahead of us behind us and beside of beside us actively changing with the fleeting currency that is time um and how it passes in i mean i feel like r- right where we're at but okay so not to be grim but biologically you know this was kind of where the body caps out but um <laughs> in a way yeah you're not wrong um but but socially and developmentally this is like prime time seriously with with the way things are going and um just the opportunity that is around us like yeah our our time can be considered very valuable and it's it's uh it's it's it's, it's it's fucking great dude um like you ain't wrong yeah like it, it's where you have it it is a a crucial time where you have to be you have to have a sort of awareness about yourself and uh speaking of self-awareness check out uh the episode of being self-aware on the wondering my podcast with emily elizabeth five stars to them plot twist five stars yeah five stars um where you have that self-awareness of what you're engaged in, how you're spending your time. And now I feel like I'm talking in circles. Um, Let's get into the next question. So the next question, not next question, but next answer says, I have trouble sticking to schedules, but I found that if I just, but I found that if I just make tons of to-do lists, it looks like your answer also got cut off. I can't see the whole thing. So it just also says you make tons of to-do lists. So everybody, it seems like the common consensus here is to have a to-do list for everything. So um, just having a, all that organization and structure. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you have any any uh, any thoughts? Any thoughts, man? Well, I mean, look, I had a lot of trouble with buckling down and doing things for a long time um when i was still going to college kind of like during the period where we actually started this podcast um was probably a period where i was struggling the most to just sit and do things that i felt needed to be done namely at that point like schoolwork yeah and shit like that uh i could make mental lists i could probably even have made physical lists and not have done it ultimately just because the stress of thinking about doing it made me want to distract myself and not think about doing it to the extent that i just just wouldn't wouldn't do anything wouldn't think about it wouldn't do it until the moment came i've had i've had those moments i've had i've definitely had those moments where like 
yeah, thinking about doing something just kind of took the energy out of me. And then actually getting to it just seemed like the most dreadful thing ever. Yeah. Just dreading the actual work of doing the thing and also feeling like guilty about the fact that you haven't done it yet or are still putting it off. Just the combination of those two things making me just want to escape from all of it and just doing something else and uh, completely ignoring it. It happened for probably the last two full years of college. And I somehow barely managed and scraped by until it was done. But for me, and this is absolutely not the advice that everyone should follow or that is applicable to everyone, but for me, the thing that helped me the most was get actually like getting medicated for this specific purpose. Um, I never and still kind of don't consider myself to have ADD or anything like that because when it's something I want to do I'm able to focus and fucking batten down the hatches just do only that thing for fucking an entire day or an entire week you can see that with how I play fucking video games I do nothing but that game for fucking days right I can focus on on a task as long as I want to do it but the things I didn't want to do I struggled with very much so going to a psychiatrist uh, them them kind of saying hey you ever think that you might have this thing Uh, me being like no but I guess and then them prescribing me a generic version of Adderall was what flipped the switch for me personally and allowed me to finally kind of do those things that previously I'd found kind of impossible to force myself to do um, obviously not the solution for everyone if you are someone who like definitively knows or at least highly suspects you do have ADD or ADHD and you haven't gotten a, like, a professionally diagnosed or uh, prescribed anything for that I would recommend it in your case but for the most part, for an average person, um, I don't know. I feel like you would give the better advice for an average person on this, um, considering. I mean, you're you've been able to kind of regimen your life and be relatively strict with yourself on a consistent basis. Uh, I had to I had to go and get fucking medication to do it. Oh, I'm I'm still very much in the beginning phases of like learning to regimen everything. Like with the with the way things are going right now, I'm actually about to enter a busy season with my job. Um both jobs actually. And so that's why that's why we take our holiday break is because things get so busy and we want to spend time with our families and take time to ourselves. Like this is the one time of the year where we're like, "Hey, we're going to go off air for a little bit just to kind of refresh." and recuperate and take that personal time to ourselves and it it may even be like we'll go off air and me and moody just won't talk to each other for a few days um just to just just so we have that that extra bit of breathing room because we 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 come in here and we do um two hours and everything and and i'm glad we're able to to do it remotely now just so we don't have to go through the extra legwork of going to uh, a recording studio, parking, all that extra blase blase, because it goes into just that extra bit of production. Um, 
but as far as having things regimented like I'm still learning how to do it myself I'm still learning what does and doesn't work for me like I'm I know where if I if I choose to take one thing like I'm gonna have to sacrifice something else so now I've started going to the gym at like 5 a.m because I know I don't want to lose my fitness but that means also as soon as I get home from work I work second shift that means as soon as I get home I have to come in and go straight to bed like so I have to make like so many micro adjustments and fine tune everything to where it can be you know managed properly without without driving myself crazy so yeah so no I'm not doing 5 a.m workouts every day so there may be a day where I'm just like okay I'm not going in at 5 a.m so that means I'm gonna get to sleep a little longer or I'll say hey you know I'm not lifting today but how can I be active in a different way because I mean I, I know what I like to do and then of course just having a set schedule where I say um and thankfully my gym also releases like the planned workouts ahead of time so I can see what it is for the week and then I can just be like all right so I know for sure I'm gonna go in this day I need to be ready in in this way bars and then um after that Five yeah seven. after that I can I just kind of relax and go about my day. I don't really stress it or stress about getting it done. I, I let it happen as it does. I don't say, hey, I have to do this or this thing has to be this way. I'm not going to put any more stress into it. If it's on the calendar, I go, I give it my full attention and my full effort because that's what kind of makes it worth it. In the end is that, you know, I, I give it the best of my attention and my effort and I get it all done and mm -hmm. getting it done is 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 the is the payoff and, and having that productivity now having it come back and benefit me is is what i'm working on at this point but uh, also what the hell i'm contradicting myself but, but it, it's a goal sorry about the no you good um but it's a goal having having those things come back and kind of benefit me is is what i'm working on and also with the you know the regimen and everything regimen's cool but the rest of it is i don't know i don't know just i i try not to be too tightly wound like i know it's important and i know and, and i'm just learning how to make time on it like i i like so yeah i don't really have a lot of time to do the gaming thing i don't even know i like and then i don't know what friday is probably my day where i'll get caught up on my programs and everything maybe stay up a little a little later than normal um yeah. but yes yeah, as, as far as that goes i'm not i'm not super tightly wound i may i may seem like it and project that but even i uh i take some time off and i just fucking breathe dude holy shit is that important um yeah it's it's what you're saying it's just like you have to find a balance like if your worry is about being more productive, you, you have to slowly. You're gonna hype yourself up and balance. burn yourself out. I found. Yeah, that happens literally to everyone. Like people, people try to ignore the fact that you're human. You're gonna need breaks. You're gonna need rest. 
like people just can't go 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 yeah it's um you need, you need breaks you need a balance that's actually literally what happened to me yesterday that's, that's what happened to me yesterday so today is actually sunday when we're recording normally we, re- we record on saturday and i'll edit sunday and schedule it to up, uh, upload monday so yesterday i actually stayed up all night and was just like oh yeah i'm awake right now it's gonna be a pretty productive day i'll just get on the podcast and then i'll do this stuff later and i had to work that day well uh our scheduled time for recording came around which is uh rough pretty early in the morning um and so the time came around and i instantly just felt the tire set in i was just like oh god i i can't do it so i just told him hey we gotta go in tomorrow um so yeah the the constant go thing is is kind of a myth where don't let you know society's obsession with hustle culture wear you down i'll say that for sure Mm -hmm. yeah for sure man if you ever get the feeling that he's describing where like you've started to try to plan like things in your life to try to accomplish goals and stuff but like you wake up and like you or your alarm goes off for the thing that you needed to do and it's just like a dread and a tire that sets in immediately just don't do it that day just don't you don't have to that's that is your body and mind's response to you going too hard you know what i mean um if it's the first day, if you haven't even started yet and that happens, there might be a different thing going on. Like it's every every person's situation is different. But if you've already started the regimen um, of whatever it is that you want to do, and one of those days you get up and it's just you just feel like a, a deep, just almost like a hate type feeling for what for what is gonna happen. Just take that day off or if you don't want to take it off if you're going to feel too guilty about taking it all the way off find something else to do find something else to do that's related to that thing but don't overwork yourself because it's burning out is the biggest risk of trying to start plans and stick to them oh very much that's it that's and it. that is all i have that's that's all I got from my notes. I don't know if you have anything else. No, I'm good. We're at two hours again. Oh, man. Another loaded episode, another loaded conversation. This has been another installment of the Never Knows Best podcast. If you like what you heard, you know, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us them five shiny stars. Boost us in the algorithm. Uh, and if you have any feedback for us, be sure to leave us some kind words, write us a review or whatever. Let us know how we can get better. Um, and if you feel like we're the best kept secret, well, we don't want to be anymore. So make sure you hit the share button, shout us out, give us a little tag or whatever, you know, sh- do all, do all the things, you know, show us some love. If you want to be able to keep mm-hmm. up with the show, make sure you head over to NKB podcast on Instagram, turn on those post notifications so you can stay in the loop and hit us on our anchor site at on our anchor site anchor our homepage. it's time for both of us to go to sleep hit us on anchor at anchor.fm slash never knows best where we have an open inbox where you can submit your voice questions and if you want to contact us you can email us at never knows best fm at gmail.com i have been player one and i've been moody and we are out of this thing
Peace. See ya.